is to get this grounds and this place. Now I ask that you'll come tonight in great redeeming love and power. Save the lost. Make believers out of the unbelievers. And heal the sick and the afflicted tonight. And may the angel of God, who has guided me since the day I was born, may he come tonight and bless the people in the manifestation of the gift of God. For I ask it in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Is there anyone here for your first time? Let's see. First time you've ever been to a meeting? Raise up your hands. Let's see. All great hosts. For your first time. is always the first comers, first timers, we call them. Now, being it, we're going to put the most of the time tonight in the healing service. I'm very tired. Been driving back and forth. 120 miles down, 120 miles back, 120 miles down, 120. Remember this, dear Christian friend, and to you people, maybe who doesn't understand divine healing and has some criticism against it, we have plenty you could criticize, certainly. And sometimes when I'm speaking of criticism, it always makes us feel like that we duly deserve it. A few nights ago in another meeting, a man wrote me a letter, a very fine letter, yet it was sharp criticism, but I appreciate it. I believe the man done it for my good. He loved me. He was telling me about how the meetings was and how they were carried on. And, but he said, Brother Branham, you just don't pray for enough people. And he, he told me why. He said, I believe you just let the people come on and pray for him. It would be a more success. I give it my first try out in this meeting to see. Now, when the angel of the Lord first came to me, my mother's sitting somewhere in the building here tonight. I don't know where she got to speak close to where she's at. She's in here somewhere. She could testify this. I was a little boy of about three minutes old when the angel of the Lord came the first time. My people was not religious. We lived in a little shanty up in the mountains of Kentucky. You've got it in the book. And there he came. And down through life, it's always been something that's foretold me things that would come to pass. Now, that wasn't because that I, is anything that I deserve, it's because God ordained it to be that way. Gifts and callings are without repentance. Is that so? The Bible said so. So God foreordained things to be. And then if a man comes around and says something or another, God said a certain thing, well, now you have a right to hold that in question until God confirms it to be the truth. Now, if the man, as we've been studying this week, about the ways that God answers. God in the Old Testament answered either by prophecy, by the prophet, by a dream, or by the Urim of Thundam. And if the, if the prophet said something and the Urim of Thundam did not record that right, the voice of God flashing those colors on the Urim of Thundam, then it was not right. And if a dreamer dreamed something and they gave an interpretation, it went before the Urim of Thundam and it did not answer, then that dream was not right, and it wasn't interpreted right. And any man or any person that comes with anything that cannot be backed up by this which is today God's Urimathundum, the Word, it's wrong. It's got to be in the Bible, thus saith the Lord. See, it's got to be absolutely in the Scriptures. Now, people talking of divine healing, I know that people have said, I have a gift of healing. Well, I believe there's this many, many gifts of healing. How many here believe deeply in your heart, without a shadow of doubt, that God's a healer just the same today as He ever was? Let's see. 
There's the gift of healing in the church tonight. Every one of them. For no matter how much I would pray for you, if you yourself didn't have the faith, it wouldn't do any good. That's right. It takes your faith. And no matter how much I preached to you and how well I brought the gospel to you, if you yourself had your own personal faith in Christ that saves you, is that right? I couldn't save you no matter how bad I'd want to. I've got brothers that's not saved. And I've tried my best and persuaded and cried and begged and tried to stand and preach for them. But they've got to have their own faith in God. Many of you Christian people here have brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers and children and everything unsaved. Is that right? Raise your hand. Well, you can't save them. You can't do what Christ has already done. Christ has saved them. Now, the only thing they have to do is accept that salvation. God's free gift. Now, you couldn't heal them. No other man could heal them. They have to accept their healing as God's free gift to them. He was wounded for our transgressions. With his stripes, we were healed. Then, see, there's nothing at all that you can do towards salvation or divine healing. It's the individual faith in Christ. Now, to bring up this faith in Christ, there's ministers. That's the most important thing of the day, is a good God-sent preacher. I admire them. And their gift is far beyond anything to be done in anything else, is a preacher. A man who knows how to rightly divide the Word of God. It's the most wonderful gift in the world is to be a minister, which, is a, which was a New Testament modern-day prophet, a preacher. Prophesy means to foretell or to tell some personal thing. In other words, if you read the Bible and start telling, then that's a teacher. See? But a prophesy is to testify or foretell. All right. Now, in the Spirit of Christ, is prophecy. Now, in this church that we're living in today, in the times the way they are, a minister can go forth and explain to you about salvation. You accept it, you be saved. Now, the only thing that minister could do to save you would be explain it to you. Now, the only way a man could do to get you healed is to explain it out of the Bible so perfectly that you would see it and believe it and be accept your healing and be healed. Is that right? That's the only way through preaching. Now, the next thing would be... Now, I know this. I believe that everybody that shouts hasn't got salvation. I believe many of them shouts that hasn't got salvation, yet that's one of the attributes of salvation. It's shouting. I believe that everything speaks with tongues hasn't got the Holy Ghost. But yet, I believe the Holy Ghost can speak with tongues. Sure. But then, if there be someone speak with tongues, like a gift of speaking in tongues, would speak in tongues, then there'd be one interpreted. Well, then that one that interpreted would speak something to one of the congregation or tell them something to happen. Three or four judges get before that, and the church accepts it. Then if that comes to pass, that's the truth. See, that's right. Now, that gift of prophecy or gift of interpretation is in ought to be in every local body. Every local church should have. It would be on one tonight or another one the next night, another one the next night, another one this time, another one that time. It's in every local body. And if you'll excuse it, and please don't think I stay wrong here, that's where in the little breakup that come amongst the Pentecostal people recently called Latter Rain, that's where they got off the line right there. For when a gift of prophecy come to a man, they declare him to be a prophet. Now, that's wrong. There's quite a difference between a gift of prophecy and a prophet. A gift of prophecy is in the church, but a prophet is born to prophet. See? 
That's the difference. So any minute, this man might prophesy tonight, he might never prophesy anymore if I'd be on that woman over there the next night, and this man back here the next night, and that and over there, see? But when the gift of prophecy is operating, it cannot be received unless two or three judges to see whether it's right or not. But a prophet, singular, P-R-O-P-H-E-T, is born to prophet, comes up a prophet. Everything he says in the name of the Lord is absolutely truth if he's prophesying. Now, you say that was for the Old Testament. Oh, no. They had prophets in the New Testament. Activists, and many of them, were prophets in the New Testament. But now, it doesn't come by laying on of hands. If you lay on a hand, I don't know what you think about, but the presbyters down there, but that's just like some boy raised up in the church and they know he's going to be a preacher. They see the gift working on him and things like that. They just lay their hands on him for ordination. That's what tennis is, what they lay their hands on. Now, of that. So it just was something. Now, they did a great work. One thing that made the organization realize that they wasn't the only one on the beach. So it done some good. But nevertheless, God's Spirit, one of these days, will take call all that out and take the church just as certain as anything. That's right. Now, a gift has to first be recognized to be in the Bible. And then if it's in the Bible and the man claims it, then if God confirms that gift, that it's the truth, then you ought to believe that the man is true. But if God, God doesn't testify that gift, Hebrews 11, 2 said God testifies of his gift. Well, then if that gift is testified by God, then God gives the man the gift. If God says so, you have no right to doubt. Well, now, a gift of prophecy, gift of discernment, Gift of wisdom, gift of knowledge, and all those things are divine gifts that sets in the church. And oh, God grant the day that when we can all come together and see all those nine spiritual gifts moving through the church, operating the whole church body, then we'll have the rapture. Then it'll be called out, and we'll have the rapture. If we can't have faith for divine healing, how are we going to have faith for rapture in faith? The church has got a ways to go yet. But I believe God will do it. Now, concerning my little feeble ministry for our Lord, it wasn't my choice. No, sir. You know what I wanted to be in life? A trapper out of the mountain. That's what I had made up my mind that I was going to be that regardless. But God changed my mind when he was laying in the Jewish hospital there dying. He let me know that I, he'd do what, I'd do what he said to so one night when this angel came and told me to go pray for sick people, it was just as starving. Well, how would I go out there before a modern world and introduce something like that when people would say I was crazy? I didn't want to do that. But he told me to go. And I started. And one of my first cases that I prayed for where he told me, I told him I couldn't go a grammar school education, seventh grade. How could I do it? He said, as the prophet Moses had given signs for a vindication, so would you. And he told me how Moses healed and how he done and what these things was. And he told me about this discernment that was given when I was a boy. And that's what the time had come. He said, I'd be praying for kings and monarchs and so forth. And that's the truth. I couldn't believe it then, but I know now. My first case, I remember, if the woman will forgive me for saying it, She's here in a building somewhere tonight, was a nurse. 
a cancer case. A woman, one of the finest nurses I believe I ever met in my life. She's a 21-year graduate, cancer to eat her up. Nothing but just bones. And her husband met me. And he's uh, works at Churchill Downs there, something about wiring. He's a very fine electrician. And a man had been healed by the name of McDowell with a flash in his eyes. The doctor told him he had to stay in for about a week or ten days. And that had been about three or four days after the angel told me, and I explained it to my church. And then I went over to pray for this Mr. McDowell, and the second day he went to work. The doctor said it just can't be so. He examined his eyes, and I believe Mr. Morgan was his boss. So he sent him to the doctor, and the doctor said he's okay, put him to work. He couldn't understand how it was done, so Mr. Morgan said to Mr. McDowell, Would that work on my wife? She's dying with cancer out here in the Baptist Hospital in Louisville. said, I don't know, said the man. Just an ordinary man. Go ask him. He said, he said an angel appeared to him. The man come and asked me. I said, what do you think about it? And the woman was brought there and she was prayed for. Nothing but skin and bones. The cancer had absolutely... The doctor that played golf with her husband had done the surgery. Said it was just like a mass of tree roots wrapped around her. Her intestines were so tightened up with cancer until they couldn't even wash her out with an enema. They'd give her, I forget how many deep... X-ray treatments and things that just burn her up till she was mentally out of her head even. And nothing, the cancer moved right on, just the same. So Mr. Morgan asked the doctor, he said, oh, it won't do her no good, let her go on over. Maybe she look at the river she goes by, she always talked of it. And God healed that woman that night when I was standing there. The Spirit of God come down, told her what was wrong with her, and said that she'd be well at a time, and the woman's perfectly normal. Seven years ago or more, Miss Morgan, where are you at? You're, you're here in the building somewhere. We should stand up just for an example, wherever you're at. Mrs. Morgan. Here she is right down here waving her hand. There's Mrs. Morgan now. A nurse that weighed about 155 pounds, still nursing Clark County Memorial Hospital, in perfect health. About a 25 years experience of nursing since a child. All the doctors throughout the country calling her. Through that, doctors have come to my house and everything, right around and locally. God is a healer. Of all diseases, here's this woman sitting right before me from my church, dying with cancer. Stand up, lady, just let them see what God can do for a person after he heals them with cancer who's eat up with the cancer, as well as in the tabernacle. If we could call the lame halt blind, it was through Miss Morgan. She went with me to Fort Wayne. Was anybody at the Fort Wayne meeting? Mr. A man was up there, was prayed for, and was something other about caused me to go over... King George of England called to be prayed for with multiple cirrhosis. And that, here's a man sitting here with a letter in his hand from King George of England who called me to come pray for him with multiple cirrhosis and the king was healed. King George of England. All right. God is still God. Congressman Upshaw, he had been in England for 66 years. How many remember since his healing? Been in a wheelchair for 66 years. God instantly made the man whole, walked out perfectly normal and well. Florence Nightingale, her mother was the founder, grandmother founded the Red Cross in England, her statues all over, was in Durban, South Africa. Flew up there when I went in there to, to London, England, to the Westminster Abbey, Buckingham Palace, and as we went there, this Mrs. Florence Nightingale weighing less than 35 pounds, 5 foot 8 inches tall, Weighing less than 35 pounds, nothing but just a bunch of bones. Was healed of that cancer on the duodenum of the stomach 
And today weighs about 165 pounds in perfect health. Florence Nightingale. She spread the news throughout South Africa, which caused a revival that sent 100,000 souls to Christ. Truly, one of the most outstanding things that I can think of before I close it now. Back in the old red letter days, I was at a little old city I just left recently, Jonesboro, Arkansas. Never forget that meeting. The paper said that Arkansas Sun said there were 28,000 people there. They were all there if the Arkansas Sun said they were there. It was in the early days, about six years ago. They were laying, I was there a few weeks ago when we had thousands packed in. They were laying on their wagons and everything, except in Christ. I remember that was the first I'd left home. When I come back, <laughs> well, I'd lost pretty well all my hair and my shoulders just stooped over. And I lost about 25, 30 pounds of weight. I prayed day and night with the people. I said, I'll stay right here till I pray for every person. And I prayed eight days and nights without leaving the platform. Tucked my meals and laid against the side of the pulpit and sleep. And when I left, there was about ten times as many to be prayed for as it was when I started. No end to it. On and on. But brother, God confirmed His Word. The other day when I stand there, literally hundreds and hundreds of them raising their voices to God, I was healed in that meeting, Brother Bram. A little woman said, don't you remember me? And I said, no. Her husband, her boy, rather, is exterminator over at Texarkana. She comes in the line and had her hand up like this. I thought she was weeping. And I stopped as early one morning. And I said, say, you've got a cancer, haven't you, lady? She moved back the handkerchief, and there was no nose there. Done eat her off. The cancer eat her face off a young woman, about 35 years old. And I said, do you believe? She said, Brother Branham, I've got to believe. I said, well, then, sister, just accept it and believe with all your heart. I'll pray with all my heart for you. It's all I can do. She said, ask God. That's all I want you to do. He'll do it. She'd seen this John Ryan, not the old man with the white hair, when he sat on the street begging nickels. God made him well. He come through the line a few nights before that, and he walked through the line, and I said, I see that you're, that you're blind. He said, yes, sir. I said, aren't you a Catholic? And he said, I am. I said, do you believe that God will heal you? He said, yes, sir. He said, I hear some woman over there was screaming that said a daughter had left her throat. I said, yes, sir. That's right. He said, and I said, do you believe me to be God's servant? I have to say that because the angel told me to get the people to believe you. See? So not believe me as him. Believe that he sent me to pray for you. See? Like Peter and John said, look on us. And I, I said, all right. And I had prayer for him. And I've seen a vision before the old man. I said, now, you have received your sight. Go and be made whole. He went away. In a few minutes here, he come back. Two men leaving. He said, preacher, you told me I'd receive my sight. I said, but I'm healed. I said, you are. Well, he said, I can't see a thing. I said, that don't have nothing to do with your healing. You're already healed. He said, well, if I was healed, I could see, couldn't I? I said, not right now, you might not. 
But God said you was going to see. I said, I told you, I've seen a vision. And you're going to receive your sight. He may be sitting right here tonight, for all I know, the same man. And I said, God said, I've seen a vision. You're going to receive your sight. He said, well, it looks like if I was healed and I'd be able to see. I said, not exactly. It might not happen now. It might happen a week from now, a month from now, a year from now. But it's got to come to pass. And he said, well, I don't understand that. And away he went. A few minutes later, he come back again and said, I can't see yet. And I said, well, that don't have nothing to do with it. He said, well, you told me I was healed. I said, look, sir, you're fixing to lose what you have received. I said, you told me you believe me. He said, I do. I said, what do you question me about then? If you believe me, believe what I've told you. Oh, he said, I, I understand what you mean. See, he just got it. He said, what must I do, preacher? I said, just go over and say, praise the Lord, and go on. Well, I raised in a, in a Catholic church and never been used to anything like that. So he just gets out and gets on and praise the Lord. The next night, I was holding the service. He sat way up in the balcony. Everybody keep still. He raised up my heart. Praise the Lord for healing. He sat back down. I preached a little bit. He said, now everybody keep still. He raised up. Praise the Lord for healing me. He just kept on. He was doing just what he was told to do. And listen, if you Protestants would obey the scriptures and things as well as the Catholic obeys his command, we'd have a different church. Right. You ever get one of them to see the truth, brother, that settles it. That's it. He'll do what you tell him. I said, just keep on saying, thank God. Praise the Lord. Well, two or three nights later, he was still doing the same thing. He'd do it every night. He'd disturb the meeting even. When I'd be having a prayer line, he'd say, oh, praise the Lord for healing me. And everybody turned around and looked. He'd go on. And then I'd been gone away from the place for about two or three weeks. And he'd stand on the corner selling papers. He'd order, extreme, praise the Lord for healing me. Extreme, praise the Lord for healing me. Well, the people thought the old man is kind of a little slipped in the mind. So they just never paid any attention. He asked another little newsboy if he'd lead him across to the barber shop where some smart aleck was going to shave him. And so he got one side of his face lathered. He said, say, Dad, I heard when this fellow Brandon, that divine healer, was down here. He was up to the meeting. I said, yep. I was up there. He was shaving him along, you know, get his beard down. He said, I heard you went over to the meeting. He said, yep, I went over. Said, I heard the Lord heals you. He said, yep, praise the Lord, he healed me. And his eyes come open. He looked around. He said, I am healed now. And out of that chair he went with a towel around his neck. The barber trying to grab him with a razor in his hand. Down the street he went as hard as he could go. And that man is preaching divine healing, holding campaigns tonight. He said, I know this one thing, that God is true. I was blind, and now I see uh, up in the house of David in Benton Harbor, Michigan. I was sitting up there, this Jew that knew him. He said, a notable deed has been done to John. He said, what authority did you do that by? I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He said, he wasn't the Son of God. Well, I said, he'd done the work just the same. And he said, oh, I said, don't you believe he was the Son of God? He said, no. He said, I believe he was a good man. And I said, well, he was the Son of God. He said, no doubt a notable deed has been done to John here. He said, but, but it couldn't have been uh, uh, Jesus Christ. Said it could have said because Jesus wasn't the Christ. 
He said, you Gentiles can't chop God in three pieces and hand him to a Jew. I said, some of them might chop him in three pieces, but I don't. No, sir. I said, he's one God. And that God, Jehovah, was manifested in flesh here in his son, Christ Jesus. I said, you just got the wrong slant to it. I began to quote to him scripture, Isaiah 9, 6, and so forth. Come over and ask while he said, stood there and looked around. He said, oh, I believe he was a good man. I said, will you stay with that? He said, yes. He said, well, I believe he was a prophet. I said, if he's a good man, he wouldn't lie. If he's a prophet, he couldn't hardly lie and still be a prophet. So you believe he was the son of God. He turned around a little bit, pulled his hat down, tears run down over his red beard, turned around and said, God's able to these stones to rise children to Abraham. Started to walk away. I caught him with the arm. I said, just a minute. You believe he was the Christ? He said, look here, preacher. You see that there says Israel across there? I said, yes. He said, I'll make a good living there. I said, and knowing the truth... And yet would sacrifice? He said, if I wasn't there, I'd be out there on the street begging. I said, I'd rather be laying on my stomach drinking branch water and eating soda crackers and tell the truth than I have fried chicken three times a day and stay behind a lie. Right. He said, I'll see you some other time. Ducked his head and run. Now, John's still preaching divine healing tonight. And in that meeting, down there he had been healed. And how God was pouring out his blessings. And I remember my wife come down to see me, and there was about four city blocks up. The people were ready for a revival. They were standing. My wife said, you don't mean all those people come to hear you preach? I said, no, they come to learn of Jesus. I don't know where she ever went that night. Four men come tuck me in. I got into the pulpit. And I happened looking always half as deep as this place this year with just ambulances and chairs and stretchers laying. I was speaking to them. The little girl here, just coming in, her face. She had the two birches. She had two nurses sitting by her. Someone motioned over there. He had a <coughs> suit like a chauffeur. I knew he was an ambulance driver, supposedly. He had about 16 or 18 ambulances lined up outside. And I went over there to see what. I asked him what he wanted. He said, Preacher, said the house doctor isn't here. and said, I think my patient's died. Would you come to her? Four men got around, so went out there, and I got in there, a very typical old Arkansas dad, down on his knees, half sewed up a twine card, shirt with a patch up on top of a patch, soles of his shoes out when he's kneeling down, hat rolled up in his hand, screaming to God to let his wife speak to him one more time. There laid the patient. Now they claim she was dead. I couldn't say. I don't know. But I got in, and then a driver said, here's Brother Branham. Thousands or two people was pressed against it from between the auditorium and where the stretchers were, where the ambulance was. And when I got in there, I looked at him. I said, what's the matter, Dad? He said, are you Brother Branham? I said, yes. There'd been a man from Kennett, Missouri. Had been healed that night, the night before that, brother, was blind. Had been blind for, had been drawing a blind tension for 10, 12 years. And the next day he went up through the city. He ran into the Methodist church with his hat on a chain, his blind chain, praising God, screaming to the head to put him out. He ran out to the Catholic church. And they put him out, and he was hanging over the back of the, the man's shoulders with a cane on his, uh, rolling around like that, just appraising God as they throw him out of the church. Well, he about tore the town up up there, the way he was going on. Been blind for ten years and received his sight. Well, sure. I would be too, wouldn't you? Certainly. And then uh, this lady said, he said, Brother Bram, said, I've done all that a man can do. Said, she's hard over them old clods out there. She's made me what I am. We've raised her children. 
and said, she's got cancer it's on the liver, and said she was dying, and said the blackberries that we picked last summer, we sold them in a couple of her quilts that she'd quilted, and said to get the money to pay the ambulance to come down here to bring her down here. Said she's dead, and he was just screaming and crying. I said, well, Dad, I looked down, now the woman, all indications look like she's dead, but I don't know whether she was or not. I can't say. They'd taken her false teeth out, and her lips were drawn in, her eyes were watery, you know, and set back in the back of her head. She's laying perfectly still with sticky perspiration over her, cold. So he said, and she's gone, Brother Abraham said she wanted to see you so bad, and we couldn't even get her through this crowd, and said she is so sick, and she's gone, and she was crying, or he was crying. I said, well, let's just kneel down and have prayer, Dad, for consolation. So I took her by the hand, and I said, Heavenly Father, I pray that you'll help this poor old man, and bless her, Lord, and I pray that you'll make it peaceful for her in a better land. And while I was praying, I, I felt her hand grip mine. The devil said, that's their muscles, actually, they're dead, twitching. So I just kept on praying, and she gripped again. He said, that's just the muscles are twitching. So I kept on praying, but I looked at her, and the skin on her forehead would begin to wrinkle. <laughs> that wasn't muscles twitching. I looked down at her, and she was looking at me. She said, who are you? I said, I'm Brother Branham. She said, are you Brother Branham? I said, yes. And she raised up, and her husband was crying, praying. He said, mother, mother, mother. And he grabbed her around the waist like that, and they began screaming and shouting. What a time. About two years later, I met her over in California. She was following the meetings, testifying everywhere she could. The ambulance driver said, Preacher, mother packed against the side of that ambulance said, You couldn't get out there. So I sent that man on back in the back of the parking lot back there. Said, It's standing full of people, been standing back there for days. Pouring down rain. It matter of them. So he said, I'm going to act like I'm taking off my coat now, like this, so they can't see and you go out this side of the ambulance and go around and go in the back part and come into the backyard. So them preachers would be around there to pick you up, them ushers, rather. And I said, all right. So it looked like a hypocritical trick, but that's all I could do. I couldn't get through that press. So I went out, went along these ambulances and come back. The other day I stood back there and just raised up my hands and screamed out to God. I went around through the back, was coming, pushing through the crowd, you know, just hard as I could. I pushed it. Somebody said, quit pushing. I just kept pushing on, you know. Somebody said, stop, sit down. I just kept pushing on, you know, trying to get up there where that man was me. Directly, I pushed up against a great big guy. He laid his hand on my shoulder and said, I said, quit pushing. <laughs> I did, but I was afraid he was going to push. <laughs> so I, I said, yes, sir. Excuse, nobody knows me. I hadn't been out of the building for days. They couldn't get in. So we just there to bring me some orange juice and things. I just laid right against the altar and prayed for the people as they come by like that. So then, he's whittling. This guy drizzling rain out there then. He's whittling like this. He went ahead talking. I thought... Well, I hope you quieten down. I looked at him a little bit, and I looked all around. I thought, where's them fellas at? i got to get back in that building. Won't they come? Nobody knew me. I was standing there, you know, and after a while, I heard somebody hollering, Daddy! Daddy! I thought, where's that? And there's as many people practically standing in them back places there as there is seated in here tonight, right in that parking lot, right there on the line. And coming down through the people, now down in the south, they have the Jim Crow law. That is, colored and white can't mix together. So here come the... A colored girl, about 17, 18 years old, and oh, she was in a, her, just, her eyes was as white as cataract as my shirt is. And she was coming, pressing through that crowd, saying, somebody please help me, daddy, 
And I thought, why don't some of those people help that poor girl? So I thought while he wasn't looking, I'd move along a little. So I got over there. I kept getting right in her way and watching for these men to come. And she come right up, and I stood like that, and she bumped into me. She Her hand suddenly said, excuse me, sir. Excuse me. said, Daddy. I thought, I said, what you looking for? She said, sir, I've lost my daddy. I'm blind. She said, I can't find him. I don't know what to do. said, nobody will help me. Will you help me, kind sir? And I said, well, uh, I don't see no more colored people around here. I said, where are you from? She said, Memphis. I looked, there's a bunch of chartered buses sitting there. I know one of them was Memphis. That's how. I said, what you doing over here? She said, I was listening to the radio this morning. She said, I heard about all those deaf and dumb people they had up there, the deaf and dumb last night, speaking on the radio. And I said, and you're blind? I said, what did you come over here for? She said, I come to see the healer. I said, the what? She said, the healer. And I said, you don't believe that, do you? Oh, yes, sir. Now, that, that looked like a hypocrite, too, taking advantage of a blind woman, see? Uh, but I wanted to see whether she really believed it. I said, do you believe that's the truth? She said, yes, sir. And I began to feel little. And she said, she said, yes, sir, I believe it. And I said, well, you believe that God would do something like that as far advanced as medical science? And she said, sir, said, when I was a little girl, I got cataracts on my eyes. The doctor told me when they got ripe, I don't know what that means, but when it got ripe, if they'd take them all, and said, now that they're ripe, said they said if they'd take them out, they'd pull the optical nerves out of my eyes. It says, I, I, I can't see, and the only hope I got is to get in there, and this is the man's last night here, and to tell me I can't even get near the building, I lost my daddy, I don't know what to do. And I said, you believe if you'd get in there, you'd be healed? She said, well, I heard of a man on the radio this morning from up at Kennett, Missouri, been blind for 10 years, and he received his sight. I said, well, couldn't I be healed too? I said, do you believe that? She said, sir, I'll tell you what I'll do. If you just get me in where that man's at, I'll be able to find my daddy after that. Oh, my. I felt my heart drop right away from me. I thought, poor old blind thing. I said, look, lady, do you mean that? She said, yes. Well, I said, maybe I'm the one you're supposed to see. And she grabbed me like that. She said, is you the healer? I said, no, ma'am. I said, I'm Brother Branham. Jesus is the healer. And she grabbed me and said, oh, Brother Branham, has mercy on me, has mercy on me. Now I thought of poor old blind Fanny Crosby. Pass me not, O gentle Savior. Hear my humble cry, while on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. Now look, I thought her only hope, Christ. I said, now, I don't want to be recognized in the crowd, lady. You bow your head and we'll have a word of prayer. I said, first I want to hold your hand while I'm praying. I couldn't get her hand off of my coat. She wasn't going to let me go. And I said, now let me have your hand. She said, don't pass me. And I took her over hand. Pulled it off and held her hand while it was praying. Now, you can mark this fanaticism if you want to. That would be between you and God. I can only tell the truth. Something happened. I knew the woman was healed. I was waiting for the shrinkage of that cataract. I said, now, you keep your lids closed over your eyes. I said, now, you raise your head just about to where you think my voice is coming. 
Now I'll tell you what to do. She said, Yaza, said something cold went over me. And I said, just raise your head. I said, now open your eyes, for thus saith the Holy Spirit. You've received your sight. And she opened her eyes. And she said, is that light? And I said, yes. She says, is them black dots stink? Is that people? And it began coming plain to Oh, she says, oh, Lord, I was once blind, can now see? She let out a big scream, and then they bit, some people have been standing there watching, and here they come. <laughs> you talk about... And I happened to look, and there was an old man standing there with a cane, an old club in his hand. His leg is twisted sideways. He said, Brother Branham, I know you. He said, I've been standing in this rain for eight or ten days here. said, you wouldn't pass me, would you, Brother Branham? I got a bunch of kiddies at home. said, they need me. said, a wagon run over me and twisted my leg like this. I said, do you believe? With all my heart, I said, then in the name of the Lord Jesus, give me your cane. And God, who's my sovereign judge, when the man in an act of faith handed the cane, his leg comes straight, he jumped into the air and screamed in the top of his voice. I looked, and here come the man just pressing your way through, getting to me. And about that time, women, man, just pressing every way, and women trying to hold their little babies over to touch me. It's a pathetic thing. I got babies sitting here tonight, too. If one of them was sick, I'd feel the same way if some help could come from somewhere. You might say, it's crazy in them. No, it wasn't. You get in a desperate condition, and you'll do something glad too. Like your eyes run. At that time, I'll tell you the truth. My wife sitting present over here, and I, I couldn't afford a suit of clothes at that time. My brother, which is here tonight, gave me one of his suits. He was a young man. He'd been in an automobile wreck. He'd tore the pocket off of it, and the trousers had been tore several places. My wife and I went out to the 10-cent store and got some of these patches yarn on with a hot iron. And we ironed them on the clothes. And this coat here was torn down around the pocket, and I took a needle and thread and sewed it up myself. And I'm a long ways from being a seamstress. It was a horrible looking thing, and I was ashamed of that old coat. And when I go to meet preachers, I'd hold my right arm down over this coat like this and reach over my left hand, shake hands with them, and I'd say, excuse the left hand, it's closer to my heart. And I, I'd shake hands with them. The thing of it was, I didn't want them to see that old raggy coat. But that bunch of what? Arkansas people who stood there and saw the angel of God moving amongst the people. They were trying to touch that old ragged coat, and if anyone was touching, was getting healed. Not because it was a ragged coat, because they believed that God was in their midst. Let me say this tonight. I may not have that old ragged coat on, but the same God was there that night, here tonight, to do the same thing. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The only way you'll ever be able to draw dividends from anything, God's got to have faith in it, to approach it right, to believe it. That's the reason they were getting healed, because they were cunning in the right mental attitude, believing that the truth was there. If they could get near, they'd be healing. God was confirming His Word with them. All right, bow your head. Here's a death spirit on a man. Lord Jesus, Creator of heavens and earth, have mercy upon the man and heal him with this spirit of deafness. Satan tried to get him to be killed or something by a vehicle, but thou art here to make him well. Come out of him, Satan, in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you hear me now? 
you. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? I'm just barely. You hear me all right? That's fine. That's wonderful. Now you're healed. Say, aren't you a preacher? Yes. I thought you were. <laughs> yes, sir. That you're a preacher. And you're seeking to see me about a meeting. Is that right? And in your neighborhood where you live, there's been somebody in there that's caused a lot of disgrace upon their cause of divine healing. Is that right? If that's right, raise up your hand. All right, go and I'll be seeing you. God bless you. Let's say praise to God. All right. Everyone, just as reverent as you can be now. Now, are we strangers, lady? Don't know each other. Know nothing of each other. All right. Do you believe that God is here at the platform to, to help you? You don't believe nothing. You, you accept it to be God. Is that right? You're a Christian woman. You should. You have some sort of a fever. Rheumatic fever. Is that right? That's a dangerous killer, sister. It goes to the heart. And that takes it. But come here just a moment. I want to ask you something. Won't you look this way at me? Now, don't fear. Have faith. I want you to just wait just a moment. See, so I, your spirit can be in the right position to catch the anointing of God. Faith. See, faith triumphs. Knows no defeat. It'll walk right over everything. See? You've got some trouble in your home, too. The child. I believe it's a girl, isn't that right? And that girl's got something wrong. She's about oh, 10 or 11 years old. Is that true? And she's got something wrong with her stomach. When she eats, she can't hold it on her stomach. Is that right? It's a nervous regurgitation in her stomach. She's nervous. You're nervous too. That's where it comes from. Is that the truth, lady? when I've seen her vomit. Now, do you believe that the same God was with our Lord Jesus Christ is sure with his people tonight manifesting himself? You firmly believe that with all your heart? Yes. Then, my sister, I bless thee in the name of Jesus Christ. May this uh, condition of yours leave and may all your troubles at home be straightened up and made right. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Go now believing and you shall receive what you ask for. Let's say praise be to God. Have faith in Jesus Christ's name. All right. Come, lady. Little fella? No, it's you. Not the baby. It's you. And sister, are you aware of what's wrong? You're in a dangerous condition. You have cancer. And that cancer, I believe the doctor says, is a blood cancer. And seriously, is that right? You want to receive your healing? You want to raise that baby, don't you, Mother? Then look to Jesus Christ. Almighty God, save this woman's life and heal her in Jesus Christ's name. I ask this. Her faith will mount up, grow up. May this demon, heartless thing that would take a mother from her baby come out of her in Jesus Christ's name. God bless you. Go have faith now. Get well. 
Y'all get over that rupture. Stand up. God heals you then while you're sitting there. Go home. Amen. Have faith in God. Believe with all your heart. Just a minute, lady. Would you just pray for here? Stand up just a minute. No. What was your trouble? Rheumatic fever. Mm -hmm. I seen him move at the. Oh, it's that sitting right there. Rheumatism, isn't it? Right against the fence there. All right. You believe that God will make you well? All right, stand up. He healed you the rheumatism just then. God bless you. Go on, Abby. God bless you. How did you? My sister, I see you. That's not natural for your color, is it? Are we strangers to each other? Do you believe me to be his prophet? You do. That's caused by medicine. You took some kind of a medicine for nose or something, or you're putting drops in your nose, or sinus trouble, is that right? And it's caused this condition to come poisoning, is that right? God bless you, come here. Lord God, heal the woman. I lay hands upon her and bless her for her healing. May it all leave her, the color leave, the poison go out, and may she be normal again. In Jesus' name, amen. Get a picture like you are now, and then get a picture at your leaves and send it to me. All right. Let's say thanks be to God. You believe with all your heart? You want to be healed? So your trouble is nervousness, isn't that right? All right, accept your healing. You go on across the platform and say, thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Let's say praise be to God. You believe, sister? Lord Jesus, I pray that you'll heal the woman. May she leave here and be made completely whole in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. God bless you, lady. Run yeah, what you What you're asking for, it wasn't for you. That's true. You kept. You won't me tell you what it is. Is that right? You won't me tell you what your trouble is. All right, I'm just going to pray for you and let you go. All right, look this way and believe me with all your heart. No, you're here for a sister. And the sister's in the mental institution. Is that right? Now do you believe me to be his prophet? Then don't doubt no more. Go and have faith. Let's say praise be to God. Your back trouble isn't, sister, and you're kidding you believe not? Is that truth? Yes, that's true. That's exactly the truth. Is that right? Yes. Well, that's exactly the truth that God has healed you. Go on your road and make Do you believe, sir? Yes. You don't get over heart trouble? Thank yes. God be made healed as well in the name of the Lord. Say thanks be to God. God bless I see the angel of the Lord standing right down there in that second row, about third person in down there, got high blood pressure, right there in that row, that's right. That's true. God heals you, make you well. Don't get over that asthmatic condition set next to her there. If you do accept your healing, raise up, that's right, God bless you, you can be healed. Sit down. The lady next to you also has high blood pressure. Stand up, lady, and be healed in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Let's say thanks be to God. All right, come, lady. You believe with all your heart? You have a rupture. You want to get over it? Say, thank you, Lord, for healing me. Go off the platform, believing in me, and you'll be made well. Let's say praise be to God. 
Same thing with that little child. You want to believe for his healing? Believe with all your heart? God will make it well. Believing you shall have just exactly what you ask for. Amen. All right, everybody reverent. Believe him with all your heart. God will heal you. Come, sir. Believe with all your heart. You believe that God is here? Believe I be his prophet representing him? You're suffering nervousness, isn't that right? I'll tell you what's making you nervous. A habit you got. Smoking cigarettes. You forsake them? Give them up? Go and get well. Give your heart to Christ and go live for him. Will you do it? Lord Jesus, I bless this man in the name of Jesus Christ. May he go from here tonight and be made well. In Jesus Christ's name, take every sin away. Take habits away from him. And we'll give you the praise. Amen. God bless you, sir. Now, don't doubt nothing. Go on your own rejoicing and believing with all your heart. Come, sir. You ought to go eat your supper? All right, the officer left you then. Go on, eat your supper and be made well. You ought, you ought that anemia condition or you did? You want to think it'll leave? Go believe God and you shall get well and be made well. Let's say praise the Lord. Thanks be to God. Don't fear, have faith. Don't cry, little boy, honey. You were healed just a few minutes ago, so your your honey's going to leave you, and you'll be all right. So don't worry. All right. Let's say thanks be to God. We love the Lord Jesus. Blessed be His name. Have faith. Come, sir. You believe? You want to get rid of that stomach trouble? All right. Say, Lord, I accept my healing or stomach from stomach trouble. Go eat, then. Be made well. Believe sitting there now. Have faith in God. Amen. How we love Him. Are you believing sitting there, sir, right over the top of that child? Something wrong with the spine. Vertebrae or something out. Is that right? You got something wrong with your lungs. Is that right? Well, raise up and accept your healing in the name of the Lord Jesus. Your back healed and you're swell, brother. Go praise God. Come, little girl. If Jesus Christ was here, do you believe him? Do you believe he is here? He'd lay his hands upon you and you'd get well? You love him? Go to serve him? Got heart trouble, haven't you, honey? You want to be made well? Come here. Lord Jesus, take the innocence of this child here, Father, and I lay my hands up on her and ask that uh, demon will leave the child and make you get well in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, honey. Go thanking the Lord Jesus and be made well. All right. You want to give her that female trouble, lady? Say, thank you, Lord, for healing me. All right, that's right. Go and praise God. Believe him. Amen. Well, four of you ought to be healed at one time. How did God make you absolutely well? Healing the sick and the afflicted. You believe with all your heart? I see the angel of the Lord stand over a person right back in here. Been ruptured for about 25 years. Sitting right back on the end of this row, right back here. If you want to accept your healing, all right, you can stand up and receive it. If you believe with all your heart. That's right, stand up, amen. There you are. That man right there with the little tongue. You can too also, sir, if you accept yours. You have prostate trouble also. Go ahead now, you're healed. God's made you well. Amen. Let's say thanks be to God. Come.
lady. You want to get over the heart trouble? Lord Jesus, I pray that you'll heal her in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Go believing now with all your heart and be made well. Have faith now. This elderly gentleman sitting right there suffers a rupture also with a mustache. Is that right, sir? You understand except your healing? All right, sir. God bless you. May you grant it. This lady sitting right here has a bladder trouble sitting right there, right on this side. Yes, sir. Something about the waters and so forth. If you believe with all your heart, if you do, you might be healed. God bless you. That's the way. All right. Come, lady. You believe with all your heart? You believe that God's Spirit is here? You have some kind of a coughing. I can't. It's an asthmatic condition. Is that right? That's right. Lord Jesus, I pray that you'll heal her and take this demon power off of her and may she go and be made well in Christ's name. Amen. God bless you, sister. Go look and live. Amen. However, one of you ought to believe without a shadow of doubt. See a lady sitting there praying. She's got cancer. That cancer, the doctor.